You know, there was a time uh, 15 or so years ago when the summer months brought uh, actually a time of rest for us at New Community. Uh, there was a time when uh, services were sort of scaled back, events didn't happen as frequently, and activities and programs and whatnot uh, were sort of put on hold a little bit through the summer months, uh, allowing everyone to sort of get a breather, uh, albeit short, and um, that's not the case anymore. Uh, that was then, this is now. Uh, this summer I've been just amazed at watching all of the activity um, and ministry that's been going on uh, around here uh, and literally stand in awe of the opportunities that God is providing for us as a church to love Him and to love people and to reach people and um, just to make some progress throughout uh, the summer months. Uh, this morning we're going to wrap up our series uh, called Prove It and we've been talking about the last couple of weeks uh, what it looks like to love God and what it looks like to love people. And we said that uh, loving God is really evidenced in a single way, and that is that we obey Him. We do what He says. Uh, Jesus was real clear on this. He says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. He doesn't give us 14 other things we can do to show that we love God. He simply says, if you love me, obey me. If you love me, do what I say. If you love me, take me seriously. And then last week we talked about loving people. And how we can sort of uh, uh, get our minds around that. And we looked at the story of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus, again, tells us uh, that we are to love people uh, to which we would ask, what people? And he says, love your neighbors. To which we would ask, along with the Pharisee, who is our neighbor exactly? And Jesus uh, lets us know that our neighbor is really anyone we come in contact with. Anyone whose paths we cross. Every single person in your relational world, whether you're close to them or not so close to them, uh, is a person that Jesus loves just as much as he loves you. And as such, we are to extend the same love and the same service and the same care and concern for them as he did for us. And that's what it looks like to love people. And so this morning, we want to talk about just some tangible ways that we can prove it. A little bit different this morning. Uh, we're not going to look at a passage of Scripture and walk through that. We'll start doing that again next week. Uh, this is uh, just a time when, us, uh, when we can sort of get a handle on where we're at as a church, uh, sort of like a state of the church address, if you will. Next week, again, we'll come back with uh, the second part of our question series, talking about whether or not Christianity and evolution can coexist, and talking about uh, whether or not the Bible has some gray areas in it, or is everything black and white? So I hope you'll join us for that. I've been thinking this summer about uh, what analogy would be appropriate to describe what we're seeing around new community. What analogy um, pictures what's going on around here? And the picture that keeps coming to my mind, uh, believe it or not, is that of a bee colony. Um, you like bees, honeybees? Is that when they sting you? Yeah. How many of you like honey? Yeah, most of us like honey, yeah. Uh, you know, honeybees are pretty amazing creatures. Uh, they are incredibly social insects that live in community with one another, believe it or not, and they cooperate in nest building and in food collecting and in baby bee rearing. Can you turn me down so that I don't hear myself? I put myself to sleep, and so... Thank you. Each bee in the colony has a specific purpose, a specific part that that bee plays 
within the colony that lends itself to the, the building up, if you will, of that colony so that that bee colony can do what it is that bee colony is supposed to do. Uh, it takes the combined efforts of the entire colony to actually survive, for them to actually reproduce uh, with one another. There are three types of bees in a colony. There's a queen bee, only one. Uh, there are drone bees, uh, usually several hundred drone bees in a typical beehive. And then there are worker bees. Uh, and, a, and a large beehive can have upwards of 50 to 60,000 worker bees. And as the size of the colony increases, so does the efficiency. Bees have this incredibly intricate communication system whereby everyone knows what's going on and everyone's playing the part that they're supposed to play. And when someone gets a little off base, the other bees let that bee know, hey, you're not supposed to be at Disney World. You're supposed to be going to the flowers here, you know, and that kind of stuff. Stay off the coasters, go to the flowers. And so they, they let each other know in this intricate communication uh, system. Honeybees... Um, are just amazing in terms of what they can accomplish. Average American, you and I, uh, eats about 1.29 pounds of honey a year. Okay? Anyone eat more than that? Yeah, some of us do. Yeah. If you eat less. The reality is, last year, 161 million pounds of honey was produced in our country. You know what state led honey production? North Dakota. Go figure. They've got to be known for something. Why not known for that? Uh, they produce 35 million pounds of honey out of 161 million pounds of honey. Now, in order to produce 161 million pounds of honey, these bees had to, had to tap 2 million flowers and fly over 55,000 miles to produce a single pound of honey. Okay? which means to produce 161 million pounds of honey, the honeybees in, in, in the United States of America uh, tapped about 322 trillion flowers, and they flew just shy of 9 trillion miles, just going to the flowers. That's not counting the Disney World trips. This is just to the flowers, okay? 9 trillion miles to produce the honey that we eat. Now, you think about that. I mean, those are numbers that we can't even get in our head. They're so big, but here's the kicker. An individual bee, the average worker bee, over the course of its lifetime will only be able to produce one-twelfth of a teaspoon of honey. One bee, a twelfth of a teaspoon of honey. And yet when all of these bees come together and do their thing, the result is, is literally astronomical. It's, it's amazing. And that's how we, the church... I think, are like a bee colony. So just to sort of get in the mood this morning, I want us all, uh, before we continue, just to buzz, okay? Now, you may not have buzzed recently, and so we need to have a practice buzz round, and then we'll do the buzz for, for, for real. So on the count of three, I just want everyone to buzz for about three seconds, okay? One, two, three. Well, that, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. You sounded like bees just sort of stumbling out of bed in the morning and and, and, you know, on your way maybe to your first flower. Uh, now we're going to do it for real. That was just the trial run. Now we're going to buzz for real. And we're going to buzz like a church of bees who are excited about Jesus, who are excited about the people that he's bringing across our paths, and is excited about the vision and the mission that he's called us to. Okay, so we're going to buzz with that in mind. So on the count of three, one, two, three. I may come up with a different analogy for the second service, so um, 
We'll see. I thought the bee thing would work, but okay. Here's the deal with bees. No bee is insignificant. Not a single bee. Even though a single bee can only produce a twelfth of a teaspoon of honey over the course of its entire lifetime, no bee is insignificant. Every bee contributes. Every bee is part of the whole. And what the bees, when they come together, are able to accomplish is nothing short of amazing. And that's just like the local church. You know, about six months ago, we launched a three-year ministry initiative capital campaign that we called 2020 for 1010. And over the next three years, now two and a half years, we're asking God to give each one of us His vision, His eyesight, 2020 vision, accurate vision, so that we can see Him and we can see people as He intends for us to. And we've just been asking Him to do that, and He's been doing that in many of us here. We believe that when God looks at us, when God looks at His church here at 100 Catherine Court, we believe that He sees every single one of these chairs filled. And we believe that He sees every single person, every single life, changed by the power of Christ, the power of the Word. And that's what we're committed to. That's what we're about. We're not a social club, though social things happen. We're not just about fun, though fun things happen. We're not just about ministry, though ministry happens. We're not just about programs, though programs happen. We're not just about events, though events happen. We are the local church. We are the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. And as such, New Community Church, as is the case for every other church, is a living, breathing organism. It's an organization, yes, and it's also an organism. It has structure, it has programs, it has people, it has all sorts of things. But it lives and it breathes just like a bee colony does. And the local church is most effective. The local church is at its peak. The local church reaches its redemptive potential when every single one of us who are part of the church contribute. When every single one of us get in the game and do what God has created and called us to do. Every single person doing his or her part. You realize that half of the churches in our country about 400,000 churches or so in, in uh, the United States, half of the churches in the United States do not see a single person come to faith in Christ over the course of a year. Half. And I just want that's the purpose of the church. Half of the church in our country is not fulfilling the purpose for which it is a church. You realize that, that the average church, the average church in North America, or in the United States actually, reaches just under three people per year. Three people. I have no paradigm for how that, how that dovetails with loving God and loving people and turning the world upside down. The majority of people who place their faith in Christ in the context of a local church leave that church within eight weeks. They never engage. They step across the line of faith, but they never engage in being part of the church, part of the colony, part of the bee colony, part of doing what it is God has called and equipped us to do. One major denomination did a recent study and found that on average, people in their particular denomination 
invite a person to church once every 28 years. That's not church. That's not what it means to be a local, biblically functioning community with Christ as its head, fulfilling its redemptive potential to love God and love people. The truth is there are people in your relational world and my relational world who will not come to faith in Christ apart from you and I involving ourselves in their lives. There are people in our relational world, in the sphere of of relationships that we have, that will never make it to New Community Church unless you engage them. That's just the sad truth. There are people who will never make it in this world, in the way that God designed, unless you and I step in and engage with them. A recent LifeWay research and North American Mission Board study uh, found that 56% of Americans were open to hearing more about a local church from a friend or a neighbor. 56%. Over half said, if my neighbor, if my friend wanted to tell me about their church, I would be open to hearing that. 80%, actually 82% of Americans who do not attend church regularly said that if my friend or my neighbor invited me to attend their church on any given Sunday, I would go. 82% of people who are unchurched, said, I would go to church on a Sunday if invited. God has asked you and me to partner with Him in a vision of doing this, in a vision of being the church, in a vision of loving Him and figuring out what that looks like, and in loving people and figuring out what that looks like. We believe that he has really specifically uh, called us as a church family to reach 1,010 people over this three-year span. And to be honest, that is a vision. That is, that is something that's a, that's a little daunting. Because without his help in that, without each of us doing our part in that, that will never happen. <laughs> that's a lot of people, even in a small community uh, like Elizabeth City. This morning, I want to just uh, talk a little bit about this vision, this thing that we think God has asked us to do and to be engaged in. And I just want to unpack it a little bit and sort of give you an update as to where we are and where we need to go from this point on. So I'm going to do that by just asking and answering uh, a number of questions. Uh, First of all, where do do we currently stand with this whole 2020 for 1010 ministry initiative capital campaign thing? Where, where do we currently stand? Well, there are a number of answers to that question. Um, there is a ministry answer, a ministry component. Uh, so far, we have had a number of events um, in which we have uh, invited people in order to love them and serve them and tell them about Christ. Uh, we had our Biker Sunday back in May, had about 650-plus people show up for that. We did a Fisher, Fishers of Men um, evening here one night uh, where about 100 fishermen uh, showed up, and uh, we saw several people come to faith in Christ on that particular night. Uh, we've got coming up in October our trunk or treat. Uh, two years ago, we did trunk or treat. We had over 500 people come through uh, the campus uh, between a two-hour span of time. And so this year, we're, we're anticipating even more than that as we reach out into our community and say, hey, God loves you, and we love you, and just sort of put some tangible stuff to that. Um, 
Currently, we have about 75 people involved in something called Financial Peace University. Actually, that winds down today. They've been meeting for the last 13 Sundays, talking about how in the world do you manage, steward your finances as God designed for you to do that? Uh, how do you deal with debt? How do you deal with giving? How do you deal with spending and saving, etc.? Um, we also had our, our VBS this uh, first part of this month in August, and we had uh, about 75 kids show up uh, Monday through Friday for VBS. Big time for them. Uh, we had Group Link last week. How many of you signed up at Group Link? How many were at Group Link? We had 150 uh, people sign up to be involved in a community group during Group Link. And, uh, and so that's an exciting thing as 13, 14, 15 different groups get launched uh, here in the next uh, week or so. So there are things happening ministry-wise that are exciting. Things that are, the things that are going on whereby we are, we are reaching out into the community to love and to serve uh, people. So that's one answer to that question as to where we stand with 2020 for 1010. Another answer is a financial answer. Uh, part of 2020 for 1010 is uh, that it is a capital campaign. In other words, we are attempting over three years to raise capital to fund some of these initiatives that we uh, believe God wants us to be involved in. To date, we've had 58 families uh, make three-year financial commitments over and above their regular offerings and tithes uh, to the tune of about $388,000 over the course of three years. We've had another 25 families not make a pledge but actually give towards uh, this capital campaign. And that is an amazing thing. Uh, to see that number of people, that number of families uh, commit that much money over three years. Uh, we were told when we went into this capital campaign uh, that we should expect based on the size of our church and based on our giving and, and based on a number of factors that we, would, we could expect uh, the average family to this capital campaign to contribute about $4,900 over three years. Uh, what we saw was the average family contributed about $6,700, which is at the upper extremes of what capital campaigns produce in our country in churches. So that is an amazing thing. That's a yay God thing. Thank you to every one of you who are participating in that. The other part of that, though, is that while it's neat that 58 families have made pledges and 25 additional families have given towards that, uh, we have about 325 families who are part of New Community Church, which means that about five-sixths have yet to get on board with that. Don't know why that is, um, and, and I guess there's probably a, a technical way that I should say this, but I'm not going to say it this. I don't know why that is, but that shouldn't be, okay? <laughs> if we are part of the church, if we are committed to, to seeing God do what we believe He wants to do in our community, we just need to get on board with that. We need to ask Him what He would have each of us do, and we need to do that. That's just plain and simple talk. But that's where we find ourselves as a church. Currently, the $388,000 that has been pledged uh, is actually not even enough to float the mortgage on this building, which means that we have to dip into general fund giving, which then means that some ministries suffer and whatnot. And so we, we just, I just want to encourage us. Let's get on board with that. Uh, this, this is not a time to sit back and to let everyone else do their part. This is a time for every one of us to do what God has called us to do in being part of this biblically functioning community. Remember, we're bees. Did you forget already that we buzz? Let's buzz again, okay? One, two, three. 
Yeah, that was a weak buzz, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a weak buzz because you're like, oh, we're talking money and whatnot. You know, suck it up, people. This is part of it, okay? This is part of what it means to be the church. As bees, we need to each do our part. We need to each make our one-twelfth of a teaspoon of honey in the context of loving God and loving people. There's another way to, uh, if you will, look at uh, where we stand, and that is just in terms of the number of people who are at New Community. Um, a couple of years ago, we were averaging about 295 people on a Sunday morning. Um, today, we're averaging about uh, 450 people on a Sunday morning. Uh, this time, two and a half years from now, uh, we hope to be averaging 1,010 people on a Sunday morning. Uh, that's a huge change. That's a huge shift. Uh, that is a huge vision that we, again, believe God has given us and that we're moving toward uh, in prayer uh, but we are totally committed to this. And so I hope that you will get on board uh, with that particular part. There's another uh, question that um, I want to ask and answer, and that is, how does the 2020 for 1010 capital campaign actually help us reach 1,010 people? I mean, how does that actually work? Um, well, obviously, every single one of us individually plays the biggest part in us reaching our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers and our relatives. Every one of us. The church can't do that. Only we can do that. We are the church. I understand that. But I'm talking about individually. You have more influence with the people in your relational world than New Community Church as a whole does. And so we can only reach people when every one of us, you and me, are inviting our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers and the people that we cross paths with. And so there's that aspect of, of, of how we're going to do this. There's also, though, the organizational Aspect. In other words, we have to fund this. We have to figure out a way to, to, to bring our resources to bear on this vision that we believe God has given us. And as we're individually inviting people to new community, inviting people to engage in what God is doing here, uh, we've got to make sure that the facilities that we have here and the ministry opportunities that we have here are keeping pace and are physically able to deal with 1,010 people. And so to do that, we're going to have to do a couple things. First of all, uh, we're going to have to pay the mortgage on this building. That's just part of the deal. It's $11,500 every single month in addition to what it costs us to operate here. The second thing we're going to have to do is we're going to have to, to, to build more parking uh, in terms of the whole grass area out front. Third thing we're going to have to do is we're going to have to refurbish some of our interior spaces and exterior spaces to accommodate 1,010 people on a Sunday morning. And so I hope that you... Uh, as you're thinking and praying about this vision and about what part you will play as a single bee, I hope that you will let those things stay in the forefront of your minds. Because this is not just about inviting people, though that's a huge part. This is about making sure that we can then minister to and love and accommodate and deal with 1,010 people here on a Sunday morning, during our events, in our various ministries and whatnot. So there's actually an individual component and an organizational component to us reaching and engaging 1,010 people. Another question, and that is, how can I, as, as a single person, one person, how can I engage this fall in helping us reach 1,010 people? And just, just to give you a couple of real quick steps, the first one is simply to pray. Ask God how He would have you engage in this. Ask God what He would have you do as a person, as one person, what role He would have you play. And that's financially, 
That's in terms of who to invite. That's in terms of serving in ministry here, the people that He brings. So just praying and asking God what He would have you do and then being responsive to that. Following through with that. Taking Him seriously when He shows you what role you should play. Obviously, another thing that we can do this fall is simply to invite everyone we know. The reality is is that if 325 families, kids included, brought one person next Sunday here to be with them, we've reached our goal. (laughs) Done deal. We get to go home early, you know? And you you sort of have to shake your head and say, wonder why that doesn't happen. Wonder why every one of us this week doesn't simply invite someone to come to church when we're told that 82% of the people would say yes, probably. And so I hope that you will, during this fall season, think about how you can invite, who you can invite, how you can engage in helping us accomplish that which we think God has called us to accomplish. Trust me, we would not be doing this if we didn't feel He was leading us to do this. This is too hard. This is too big. It's a lot easier just to do business as usual, church as usual, sort of go through the motions. That's easy. Figuring out how to love God and love people and reach 1,010 people, that's hard. Another thing is, is again, simply to invest. Invest in what God is, is doing here. Invest in this capital campaign so that we can fund the ministry that we believe He's calling us to do. Another way is, is to uh, uh, join a group, join a community group. Engage in community uh, group life here. For the first four weeks of, of uh, uh, the fall here, every group will be walking through a, 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 the same curriculum called Just Walk Across the Room. It's a four-week study on what it looks like to literally walk across the room and engage someone, invite someone to be part of what God is doing. And then at the end of September, every one of the community groups are going to host a, a large a community cookout, if you will, and we're calling it Just Walk Across the Yard. And we're going to be inviting our friends and our neighbors to to show up and and just have a big cookout whereby we can, again, tangibly love on them a little bit and also invite them to be part of what God is doing here. And so you can join a community group. A A fifth way is you can just engage yourself in what God is doing here. Be faithful. Be faithful to attend. Be faithful to serve. Be faithful to give. Be faithful to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, as Paul says. Be faithful. You know, summer is, 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 is a bittersweet time uh, for churches. And it seems to be especially that way for New Community Church. You know, we've got vacations and we've got trips and the beach is so close and, and you know, the sun shines and da-da-da-da-da. And so we, 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 we find ourselves during the summer being real transient, which is fine. But you need to understand and you need to remember that when you're not here on a Sunday, we're still here. <laughs> we're still here. The lights are still on. The band is still leading worship. The kids' community teachers and workers are still teaching and leading our kids. Student ministries is still going on. We are still here doing what it is God has called us to do, even when you're not here. And obviously, we all can't be here all the time. And so one way you can, you can, you can this fall um, engage is just be faithful to what God has called you to do here at New Community. Giving, serving, loving, attending, etc. 
Fourth question, uh, real quick, and that is love God, love people. How do we prove that? Love God, love people. How do we prove that? You were given uh, an envelope when you came in. Why don't you go ahead and take that out? And just open that up, if you would. I know it says do not open, but that was for you before. I give you permission. That still sounds like bees. Listen, that's pretty cool. Uh, you, found, you found in your envelope a number of cards, and I'm just going to walk us real briefly through each uh, one of these, because these are some very specific ways for us to engage, for us to prove that we love God and love people. The first card uh, should be on top. It's the smallest one. It's the yellow one. Uh, it's called Prove It. If you'll flip that over to the back, this is just sort of a, a, a prayer card. And I would encourage every one of us just to think through a single person that we can be praying for. A single person that we can be praying for. Maybe for them to attend a Sunday service when we invite them. Maybe for them to become a Christ follower if they're not. Maybe for them to experience God's love through you and through new community and what that would look like. But I just encourage you, uh, in just a few minutes, uh, Clay's going to play uh, some music and I'm going to give you just you know three or four minutes to think through some of these cards. And I just encourage you to, to put down someone's name on this. And and you might be the one that God uses to get that person to engage with Him, to engage with His church. So that's the first card. A second card uh, says 2020 for 1010. And it's really just, it's a suggestion card. This is one that that we want you to turn back in. The first one you keep as a reminder. This one we want you to turn back in. And if you'll flip over onto the back, it says share your ideas. How can you and I reach 1,010 people? You know, we've been meeting for months and months talking and praying and and brainstorming and trying to figure out how over this three-year span we can effectively engage and reach 1,010 people. Um, Obviously, though, we can't think of everything. So why don't you give us some suggestions as to how you think we could um, realistically reach 1,010 people? And then just drop that in the offering box. The next card has Kids Community on it. This is just an invitation card. Every one of us knows a family that has kids uh, from infants through fifth grade. And we just want to encourage you to, at some time over the next two weeks to give them this card and invite their children to be part of kids' community. To invite their children to engage with God in that way at their level. The next card is the same type card except it's for student ministries. Again, every one of us knows families who have 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th graders in the family. And just over the next couple of weeks, we're going to ask you to give them this card and invite their students to be part of student ministries, which means on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. The next card is one of the longer cards. This is uh, 2020 for 1010. This is just a, a pledge card for the capital campaign portion of 2020 for 1010. And again, 58 families have already stepped up and said, hey, we believe in this vision. We believe that God would have us do this, and we're going to participate in that financially. Uh, If you have done that, again, thank you. You You are playing a huge role right now, but the reality is you're carrying the weight for five other families in addition to your family. And so I want to ask the five other families in addition to your family, to consider getting on board in this way 
And so I hope you, over the next week or two that you will take this and that you will pray about this and you will ask God what role he would have you play and then you will uh, make some type of commitment over and above what you typically do in order to see people come to faith in Christ, in order to prove that we do love God and love people and we're going to do whatever we can to reach them. And then there's a final card. And this is uh, another invitation card for the next series that we're going to be doing. Uh, This series starts on September the 13th, so that's in two weeks, and it's called If Jesus is So Great, and we're going to be talking about three uh, different topics. If Jesus is so great, why are some of his followers such jerks, okay? Um, If Jesus is so great, why does he have so many rules? And if Jesus is so great, why is my life so lousy? And so we hope that you will take this card and that you will, again, invite a single family. Just give them this card and invite them to be with us here at New Community on September the 13th, the 20th, and the 27th. Now, the week before the 13th, we're going to be sending out an invitation card on behalf of the church to 25,000 homes in our community, inviting them as well. So there's a good chance the family that you invite to be with you on September the 13th, this won't be the first time that they've heard of this. They will have received a card in the mail the week before. So that sort of lessens some of the tension with you inviting them. They should already know what's going on if they, if they read the card, okay? So again... I just encourage every one of us to take this card and to get rid of it. Give it to someone that you know and invite them to be part of what God is doing here. You know, I was thinking about this coming fall and and, um, all that uh, is sort of before us. And I was thinking, why in the world haven't I invited some of the people that or in my relational world. I've invited some, and then there's some that I haven't. And I concluded uh, that there's any number of reasons why that has not happened in my life. But the big deal is, to me, is if what is going on here and what God is doing here is something that I'm excited about, is something that is affecting me and changing me, I won't be able to keep that quiet. You know, what happens when you go to a brand new restaurant that opens up and you have a really, really good uh, restaurant experience? You want to tell everybody about that. Hey, you should try, you should check out X number of restaurants. I couldn't think of any to give an example because we live in Elizabeth City. But um, if, <laughs> you know, you should check out this restaurant. It was really good, you know, da 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 What happens when you see a movie that, it, that actually lives up to its expectations? You tell everybody about it. You don't wait for them to ask you about it. You tell them. You, 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 you freely give that information because it, in a real low, shallow way, affected you. If God is changing our lives, if we are truly learning to love Him and love people, I don't think we'll be able to keep quiet about that. I believe that we will want to tell others not just what He's doing here, I think we will want to help them engage in what He's doing here. Because it alters the course of our lives. It alters everything about us. Clay is going to play here, uh, and I just want you to take about three or four minutes, as he does, and just to ask the Lord what role he would have you play. Maybe you want to take a few minutes to fill out some of these cards. Some of these cards you might want to take home and think and pray about. But just ask him. And then when he speaks to you as only He can do. You run with that. Because we are the church. 
We are the hope of the world. Not us, but Christ in us and through us. So let's see what role each of us can play in order to do that which God has called us to do.